Welcome to the Christian Life Podcast. At Christian Life, we're all about making disciples of all generations. If you'd like to connect with us and find out more about what's going on here, you can find us on Facebook at CLC Gridley, and of course on the web at clcgridley.org. We hope that God speaks to you through the message you're about to hear. Let's dive in together. Good morning, everybody. How are you guys doing today? Good. Man, I feel like heavy, heavy this morning. There's been like all week I've kind of felt like heavy as I've been preparing and just really praying and asking God, you know, what is it that you want me to speak on this morning? I knew this day was coming. I've been preparing myself mentally and, you know, emotionally and everything. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I didn't think I'd be up here this soon. I feel like I was just up here preaching. And, um, you know, but my mean husband, I'm just kidding, he's pretty awesome, but he, you know, forced me, <sighs> challenged me to, you know, step out of my comfort zone and begin to do what I'm called to do. And, you know, I really am blessed to have such an incredible husband who sees so much in me that he, he really does push me and encourage me to be more than I am and... um because this is something that I am not comfortable doing. And those of you who know me know that I don't like to be on stage. I don't like to be up front. I'm okay with praying because my eyes are closed. And um, even if I'm talking, normally my eyes are still closed because that's the only way I feel comfortable. But he has definitely been encouraging me this the past couple of months. Like, hey, you are just as called, if not more called, than I am. And I want to see you doing what God has called you to do. So... That being said, you might be seeing more of me a little bit more often. We may be switching off and everything, and it'll be good for him too. And I'm just stepping out in faith that God is going to use me in a good way. So um, before I get started, I want to go ahead and pray. God, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you, Lord, that you have designated this day. God, you set it aside and you knew that this was going to be the day that you were going to speak to many hearts, Lord. God, throughout this week, you've spoken to my heart, and I thank you for that. I thank you, God, that you have all things planned out, Lord. Your timing is perfect. And I just pray that you would use me today and what little I have, and that you would help us to go deeper in you, Lord, that you would help us to just get closer to who you are and what it is that you want to show us this morning. We thank you for your word, Lord, that it brings truth to our dark areas. It brings light, Lord, to the darkness. And we just thank you for that, God. And I pray that this morning that you would just be here and take over. In your name we pray. Amen. So we're going to go ahead and just jump right in. Um, I, I want to start by opening up our Bibles to John chapter 5. Um, man, like I said, I was really struggling. He, he told me, normally I help him with like series when we do uh, a couple weeks long of, okay, we're going to do a series on love or whatever it is, you know. So I have an idea of what I can speak on. But this time he's like, you get to pick, you know, whatever you want. I'm like, uh that that puts a lot of pressure on me. So I just really began to pray. And as I was praying, I, I, I was reading John chapter 5, and it's about um, the healing at the pool. 
So for those of you who read, you know what this cha chapter is about or this area. And I was reading it, and it's about, like, you know, how the healing of the invel invalid man. In am I saying that right? Invalid man. And <laughs> I'm reading this, and I'm like, what, am I going to be, like, doing healing? Like, I, in my head, I start imagining, like, healing in the name of Jesus and, like, getting all crazy into it. I'm all, hey, God, <laughs> whoa, you need to calm down. I don't know if I'm ready for something like that. But that's not what it was. But I felt like he kept driving me to this portion of Scripture. So I just begin to pray and ask, you know, what is it that you want me to share about this? So let's go ahead and read, and I will begin to show you what God has been showing me this week. Um, so chapter 5, verse 1, we're going to read all the way through 9. It says, Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. There is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he learned that he had been in this condition for a long time. He asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool. When the water is stirred, while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was the Sabbath. Now, reading this, uh, when, I, when I first read this, I was thinking, you know, what is so special about this pool? Like all these people are just kind of hanging out by this big pool of water, and I'm just trying to figure out, you know, like all these guys are sick, and they come here to this pool. Like what is the big deal? For me, I don't like water. I, I'm not a fan of water. I like to stick my feet in, and that's about it, because I would drown, and then I would probably drown the person who was trying to save me. You can ask my husband. I do not swim, and I get really freaked out when I'm in water. So I would not want to just be hanging out by this pool. But I was trying to, you know, dig in and search, you know, what what is this pool about? And as I was searching... Um, I looked up, and it, it was actually a legend that an angel would come down into the pool, and he would stir up the water, and the first person into the pool after the stirring of the water was made well from whatever sickness or disease that he was afflicted with. So that's the story kind of behind this. So that's why you see all these people laying around this pool is because they're waiting for this you know, this legend that they have in their mind that this angel's going to come in and stir it up for them. So in this story, we read that there's an invalid man, and he's laying by this pool. And invalid means disabled or weak. He had been there not for like a couple of months or a couple of years, but for 38 years. I mean, that just blows my mind when I read that. 38 years is a long time. These people that are by the pool waiting... They're basically, like, living there. Like, I almost imagine them just kind of, like, camped out around them. And, and it sounds like they've made their own little community around the pool for sick people, almost. Now, I don't know if it was that they were afraid to leave or afraid to leave what they had known, you know, because they got uncomfortable there, that maybe they'd miss something. Like, 
As soon as I leave, you know, there's going to be the stirring of the pool, and I missed out, you know, holding on to that false hope, and that's what caused them to be there for so long. I don't know. I don't know if they might have felt that they no longer had anything to offer or to give in the world, so this was their world now. Maybe they had accepted the lie that there was no hope, so they might as well just stay there. You know, has anybody ever felt like that? Or maybe they just got too comfortable and life outside the pool was a little scary. Sometimes that can happen too. These were just things that were kind of going through my mind as trying to figure out why they stayed by this pool for so long. Now, when Brandon and I first moved here to Gridley, uh, we had promised the boys, the next place we moved to, we promised that we'll get you guys a bunk bed. You know, they had been begging for a bunk bed forever. Since the minute that we had two boys, it was like in their mind, we have to have bunk beds. And so when we moved here, we went on this search. Well, Brandon went on a search. I'd stay home. He went driving around all over the place. <laughs> Finally found a great bunk bed for the boys, set it up. They were so excited, and it was like their dream come true. So anyways, a couple of weeks go by, and I'm cleaning the house, or I don't even remember exactly what I was doing, but I was busy doing something. And it was probably cleaning or doing laundry. And I hear Gunner crying, because at this time Colt was in school, so it was just Gunner and me in the house. And I can hear him crying, and I'm like, what in the world? So I'm thinking, he probably fell or something, you know. So I start looking for him. I, I'm walking around the house, I'm on Gunner, and he's not responding, he's just crying. And I find him at the very top of the bunk, like, here's the top of the bunk, and he's like in the back corner, like, with his arms on the wall as far away from the ladder and the edge as possible. <laughs> so he had got so excited about this bunk bed, I don't know, and he decided he was just going to climb up, and he climbed up, and he was excited about it, so he didn't think of how he was going to get down or, you know, if that he even could get down. Now I'm looking at him just terrified, and he's crying. Even when I'm in there, he's crying. And I'm looking at him, and I'm thinking, I know in my mind that he's safe. I know that he can get down without hurting himself. I know that he's just fine. But he's terrified, and he was not going to move. Even when I tried to, you know, hey, I'm right here, he wasn't going to move from that spot because he knew for a fact I got here safe, I'm not going to move out of this little circle. Okay, so I looked at him, and I asked him, I'm like, hey, you know, do you want to get down? <laughs> that was my question to him. Do you want to get down? And it was just this little funny thing. But if Jesus was walking by us, where would he find you? When I look at our world, I see people stuck in their sin, unable to move. If you're here this morning or you're online and you're listening and you're thinking, well, that's why I don't go to church is because they always make you feel guilty. I hear that so often. I hear coworkers say it. I hear friends and family say it. I don't go to church because church burns people. And you know what? I, I'm sorry, but I'm not the one making you feel guilty. If, you're making, if you feel guilty, that's the Holy Spirit making you feel guilty, which comes from God. And obviously, he's trying to get your attention. So... That being cleared up, <laughs> if you feel guilty this morning, it's not because of me. I don't have those special powers. That's not my job. Stop the excuse of it's too hard. 
You know, what would my family think if I changed and went to church? What would my friends think? You know, this thing that I'm addicted to that I just, I can't stop. It's got a hold on me. Sin has no hold on you. You have a hold on sin. Now, do you want to get well? Pick up your mat and walk. When I look at the world, I see many Christians who are from older generations. I look at my family members who have been a Christian for years. And some of them, they, you know, I run into people who they feel like they have nothing more to offer. Their time has come, and being by the pool waiting is where they feel safe. It's where they feel comfortable. They don't want to leave because of that feeling. Well, let me tell you something. If you are breathing and you're alive this morning, God is not done with you yet. I have a papa that is 90 years old, and he just turned 90 last year, so he'll be 91 this year. And he's one of the most godly men that I have ever known. He shares his faith with everybody that, and anybody that will listen. I mean, he will take you into his home, bring you home for dinner. It doesn't matter who you are or what your past looks like, what you're doing or what you've done to him. He's going to love you and welcome you in. He'll stop in, in the middle of a store or outside in the, you know, on the grass when you're trying to leave. And he'll stop in his tracks just so he can pray for you and pray with you. And when he says he's praying for you, you know that he's praying for you. His life is a huge testimony. I have nothing to offer. I've done my time. You know, all these things that can step in the way of us moving forward. Your, life's, your life is a testimony. Your wisdom is there to be able to impart into someone that needs it. What has God brought you through in your life that you can use, not just as a testimony, but as a ministry? Maybe some of you have put it on hold for so long because you have, you have adapted to that lie that I have nothing to offer. Done my time. I believe God is speaking this morning. Do you want to get well? Pick up your mat and walk. Now, maybe this morning you're overcome with brokenness. Nothing in your life seems to go right. People do not even seem to notice anymore the, the, the grief that you're holding on to. You're completely disabled. And like this invalid man we read about, you have used the excuse of, I've been waiting for somebody to come and carry me. Or somebody, I was, I was trying, but somebody was always ahead of me. The invalid man was ill for 38 years with the same excuses. Now, the reason it feels that nobody may be listening to you is because the excuses have gotten old. Now, that may seem a little too blunt or too harsh, and you say, well, where's the compassion? Where's the love? Because I know God has love. He is all about love. But yes, he is those things. But he is also the God who sent his only son to die on the cross so you don't have to be bound by your brokenness. He's also the same God that will walk past you and see you standing there, laying there for 38 years, not hug you, not look at you, get down on the ground with you, but say, hey, do you want to get well? Pick up your mat and walk. You cannot be bound by your brokenness. 
the last group of people that I see in this world are not the ones that are sick at all. They're not laying there by the pool. They haven't been there for years. They've never even come over there. They're the ones that are simply walking by. They're turning a deaf ear, a blind eye to those in need. It's not that you don't care. It's that you're don't, you just don't have any time. You've been so filled with the busyness of life that you cannot stop and see the needs that are before you. I don't know where, you know, you are at, but I believe we all have a part in this story. I had to really seek God when I was reading this, and I had to ask him and be honest with him, God, where do you see me in this passage? Have I gotten too comfortable Am I, am I too busy that I can't notice that my kids need me more? That time where I'm dying to be alone by myself and my child is dying to be alone with me? How many times have I done that? Too many. Or those times where I see somebody at work that's hurting. And I could have stopped and prayed, but I looked away because I had to hurry home. I've got a lot of stuff to do. I've got errands to run. We can have so many excuses of why we cannot move. I'm not good enough. I've served my time. Baloney. I don't want to come to church because church is the only day off. Baloney. I'm sorry, but when I read this, I felt like God it just begin to show me excuse after excuse after excuse. And I don't want to be the one leaving excuses for him. I don't want when he's walking by me to see me and have to look at me and say, do you even want to get well? I want him to find me there serving, pouring out my heart, giving out every bit of my time for somebody else. That's who he's called us to be. And I believe that this morning, he is here right now, and he is walking by you. Where are you in this? Where do you stand? This is a challenging thought, but this is what God put on my heart. I don't want to have my life go by wasted. I want to be like that one in, the, in his word where it says, here I am, God, send me. I will pick up my mat, and I'll not walk, but I'm going to run with everything that I have. Now, I want to ask if, I know this was a short message, and um, I had a feeling it would be, but this is what God showed me to speak on. There's nothing more, nothing less. And I want to ask right now, if you're a board member or, you know, Brandon, can you go ahead and come up? Um, and, Mark, if you can go ahead and play a song lightly behind. But if you're here this morning and you have been hearing in your heart a voice speaking to you, it's time to pick up your mat and walk. You've been sitting for too long waiting upon false hope. Whatever your reason is, there's no shame in this place. God knows exactly where you are. He knows where you come from. 
He knows what you're facing. He knows your busy schedule. But he, I believe he's asking us this morning. He's asking us to search our hearts. Are you willing to admit that you're sick? Are you willing to pick up your mat and walk? No more, I have no one to help me. I've tried, I'm done. Do you want to get well? Get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once, the man was cured. Cured. Left it all behind. Later on, you read in this, in, um, this portion, it says, uh, see, your, see, you are well again. Stop sinning <laughs> or something worse would happen. I don't want to be there at that pool. Where are you this morning? I'm going to go ahead and pray. And if you're here and that's you, you're somewhere in this portion, or maybe you just want to get closer to God, and you've just been kind of sitting on the sidelines for too long. God is calling you to go deeper. Maybe he's calling you to spend a little longer in, in worship with him in your mornings off or before work. Maybe you have to set your alarm a little extra early. He's calling you to pick up your mat there and begin to rise up. If that's you this morning, I want to encourage you to step forward and make your way down here. And I believe that God is going to touch you. He's going to cure you from those things that you've been carrying, those burdens that you have been laying upon. And he's going to help you not just walk, but run this morning. I want to run out of here a new person in him. Thank you for listening to this message. We trust that it's left you feeling loved, encouraged, and challenged to grow. If we can help you grow in your walk with Jesus, please connect with us on Facebook or on our website. We would ask that you subscribe and rate this podcast so that we can continue to stay up to date with you on what's happening here at Christian Life and so that others can hear. We'll see you next week on the Christian Life Podcast.